Welcome to Business Unmuted Live, a video business discussion on Wednesday 23rd of June 2021, which is later shared on platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm delighted to announce that we're partnering with Virtue BMW as new sponsor of Business Unmuted. Part of the Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC, it has dealerships in Stockton-on-Tees, Durham, Sunderland, Moulton and York. Today we're joined by two guests in our studio, safely distanced by a Perspex screen, Martin Walker, director at Resolution Media and Publishing, which publishes this brilliant magazine, Tease Business, the latest edition is hot off the press soon, and Nikki Jolly, managing director at HR Today, a personnel advice firm. Down the line, we also have Bob Borthwick, director at Scott Brothers, planned skip hire and recycling experts. Now, let's start by just mentioning the recent unemployment figures. Data demonstrates that figures have decreased to 4.7% nationally. The northeast unemployment figure is slightly higher than average at 5.9%, but is still down, down 0.3%, a reduction on the previous quarter. But the Office of National Statistics shows that borrowing in May fell but it's still high. It fell to 24.3 billion for one month. Borrowing throughout the whole of last year from the, from the government pushed government debt to almost 2.2 trillion pounds or 99% of GDP. That's where our economy sits. Let's talk about how business fits in with it with Nikki and Martin and Bob. Nikki, first of all, you, you saw what I said about unemployment there. You're a personnel expert. What are your uh, companies that you advised thinking about the current state of the employment market? Um, we're struggling to find the candidates we need, so skilled labour is hard in the area to find and salaries are rising. So we are seeing increases across the board in all sectors um, that salaries are having to increase to attract the right candidates. Um, there's a lot of competition out there and we need more skilled workers. I saw some data about salary rises recently and inflation and uh, wage inflation seemed to be more pronounced in the north of England. There's a degree of we're catching up. So let's be honest, we were a little bit behind, especially from London and places like that. But now that we've got a lot of attention on our area, we're attracting people from out of the area mm. um, and more jobs are coming to the area. So we are getting more comp competitive, I would say. Uh, Martin, what are you seeing? You've published these great business magazines, uh, Acliffe and uh, Wearside and also Teesside. Um, you've obviously talked to a lot of businesses. What are they saying generally about the economy at the moment? Well, I, th I think we have a lot of uh, a lot of reasons to be optimistic um, going going forward. Uh, a lot of businesses that we talk to are expanding, they're uh, recruiting and investing as well. Uh, and if T's business can be a, a barometer, if you like, of of, of how businesses are doing, um, T's business is, is doing doing really well in terms of the clients that we're getting on board and, and the positive stories that they're they're talking about. Um, yeah, it's full of positive stories. I mean, it really genuinely is. Yeah, um, I mean, what, and one of them, just for example, is. We have a, an exclusive feature with uh, LM uh, Wind Power, mm -hmm. which is part of GE Renewables and the uh, the wind turbine factory that's being built at Teesworks, and they're they're looking to re um, to, to um, create 750 new jobs. And um, we all know about the other jobs that are due co to come to the area, Treasury North, for example, 750 mm -hmm. jobs, and DIT in Darlington as well, for another 500 jobs. And I think the Teesworks site, I think the, the mayor is hoping that. That'll create about 20,000 jobs over 10 years, so there's a lot of reasons to be cheerful. I think that is, you mentioned the Teesworks. I, I happen to be on it this uh, this week. If people are watching this video from outside of Teesside, it is the largest um, industrial development site in Europe. And uh, there were an army, and it's not, it's not an exaggeration to say an army of diggers 
clearing the sites uh, and, re, re, uh, and reconfiguring them so that they could be developed. And this, the factory for General Electric's wind, blade, wind turbine blades is absolutely vast. Bob, you were nodding away there. I know that you, you're involved in all sorts of construction projects with, uh, with your uh, recycling business and, and so on. How do you feel the economy is going? What are your headlines? Yeah, very positive, to be fair. Uh, we, we've really... Um not slowed down even with the pandemic and um, we might be one of the lucky ones in fact but uh, we we are investing as well uh, we're investing as you probably be aware graham in uh, soil washing technology at uh, john bell road in grangetown which is a 3.2 million pound investment so so going forward we we will be in a position to uh, employ um, uh, another dozen people in the business we already have 130 so we, we're employing another well, that's a huge, that's 10% growth in, in, your, in your workforce. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so really, it's, it's, we're trying to future-proof the business going forward. That's, mm. that's what our uh, objective is with, with Scott Brothers. Let's take a little bit of a dive into your business. I'll try and run some videotape of what, what you do. And you, you recycle uh, all sorts of bits and pieces from uh, domestic waste to industrial waste. And then you have this soil washing and, and rubble mm. producing. T talk us mm. through it. Well, soil washing is any excavations that we um, we obtain from construction projects. Uh, rather than putting it to landfill or um, depositing it into um, the ground, we, we actually put it through a soil washing process, which allows us to um, manufacture product coming out through that process, such as uh, pipe beddings and uh, construction sands, which we mm -hmm. sell back to market. That so it's the, genuine economy, recycling. it's the circular economy in place. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, people with COP26 this year and with the government's uh, emphasis on climate change as a, as a really significant economic policy now, mm -hmm. in a way, they're catching up to what your business has always done. I mean, you yeah. have been recycling for all its life, haven't you? We have, and, and we are getting involved in other technologies as well, particularly plastic. Um, obviously, I think everyone's aware of the plastic issue globally that extends itself mm. to nationally and regionally. Um, we're investing in, well, being a core investor in a, a new um, plastic processing uh, operation uh, where we'll be uh, treating 20,000 tonne of plastics per year. Where's plastic? Well, that's fantastic. Um, before we leave you on, uh, on this theme of what you do, because I've had the great fortune of, of being on site on one of uh, uh, Bob's sites, and he, his firm owns this Norton Bottoms Reed Beds. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't explain it. You'll have to explain it. But it's a vast area of land uh, off the A19 uh, Billingham-Stockton area. Um, you don't notice that he's driving past on the A19. But what is the land and how do you use it? Yeah, the reed bed, I mean, basically, the, the, the Norton Bottoms is really part of the core business for Scott Brothers because we've got various green technologies that we operate on that particular site. Uh, the reed beds in particular referred to is probably the biggest reed beds in Europe. And we uh, treat liquid effluents such as your um, non-hazardous non landfill leachate, which is contaminated water in essence. And we treat sweeper and gully wastes, which we have contracts with the local authorities so those and you are use nat the natural process of plants and reeds to naturally cleanse the water. Yes, yes it's fantastic. Great. You wouldn't know it was there. You drive by, and, and and there is some green technology in practice. Let's pick up on something else I was talking about at the top of the uh, discussion, uh, and that was the government's borrowing. Now, the government's borrowing is being consistently hit. 
by the furlough programme, Nikki, and with them delaying reopening, the furlough programme goes on. Um, do you still have clients that are furloughing staff? Not so many. We've had some clients that have never used furlough all the way through and they've actually just continued a bit like um, Bob there that have kept going. Um, but we had probably 50% that used furlough. I would say a lot less now. It's certainly in the northeast. Mm. Um, are really only dipping into it. It's flexible furlough rather mm. than full-on furlough. Um, so we're seeing a lot less, but obviously this goes till the end of September. There's now the employer contribution coming in, so that's going to have a slight slant on it as well. Personally, I think we need to get to the point where that disappears and we see where we're at, because I do think there'll be consequences once that funding has disappeared. Could you argue there are consequences already? There's Bob, he's going to recruit 13 staff. If there are people who have to be are on furlough, sitting around effectively having their wage partly paid by the government, and the jobs that they could have when they return might be there, they might not, but they're not on the jobs market for Bob to pick in his 13 new staff. So is it distorting the jobs market, do you think? I certainly think it's got a contributing factor. I really do, because people are sat there with this belief, they're coming back to what they know, what it's like, and everything has changed. Mm. And mm. personally, I don't think they're all going to be there. Yeah. And I think companies have comfortably sat there and said, we'll just leave them on furlough and we'll decide where we are as a business later on. I I'm with you on this. I, I think it's time to grit your teeth and get rid of furlough and, and, and let the market decide whether wages have There's to go to up change. as much. Yeah, Bob, what do you think? Yeah, I think exactly what you, you what you've said there. You know, the market. We'd like the market to to drive the uh, the wages. Really, to be fair. Having said that, the fact that wages are going up per se isn't a bad thing because it helps the mm. economy of our yes. area, and we have dragged behind. Uh, but it shouldn't be going up because of a distortion. No, I agree. Mm. I do think there's going to be a big step change at the end of September. We'll start to see talent come, mm. and it's partly because people are actually enjoying the furlough. They're enjoying mm. that time off which was my concern at the very beginning, mm. that this is something they've got used to. And I think getting people back is going to be difficult. Then they're going to lose the job and then they'll be going to go out to the market. And those jobs that we've been trying to fill for months that we're all struggling to fill mm. will be inundated with people. And it's what skills they've got. They've been off for so long that there's a lot of retraining to be done as well. I do believe it is slightly distorted at the moment. Well, you introduced just there a little nugget of a topic I'll just ask about, which is getting people back, getting people back to the office. At Recognition PR, my firm, we've had people back for as long as it's been possible to. Not compulsory, because there's advice to work from home, but safety, because everyone's COVID tested. Martin, are you back in the office, your team? Yes, we're, we're back. We've been back uh, a couple of months and we're testing uh, a couple of times a week. Mm. Um, a lot of businesses that we talk to are, are the same, although some of the larger companies operate a rotational sort yes, of system, yeah. so there's not everybody in, in the office at the same time. And we've, we've spoken to some um, public sector organisations who are still working from home at the moment. That's yeah. right. And there's a, I mean, you, the, 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 the rules are, it's official advice, work from home when you can. But what if the government comes to the point of 20, uh, 19th of July and says, well, you have a right to work from home, which is what some unions have been pushing for. Um, my personal view is it should be up to businesses to decide. But what would it do to you if there was if that would if people had a right to work from home? Bob, do you think it should there should be a right to work from home? I think if it's conducive to the business as well, yeah, I do, yeah. So uh, they I should think, have a the right workplace. to tell you that they want to work from home, or should, should it be? I think it's going to be a negotiation between the two parties, really. I think that's the most sensible way to do it. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of um, 
a lot of companies have benefited from from people working from home because of obviously the the costing as reduced overheads in offices and things like that, which which will restructure the business. I think mm. I think certain businesses or certain sectors are have been pushed into a, a scenario where they've actually where they're looking at re-engineering the business going forward because of the COVID issue. That they've they've found that that possibly some businesses are more productive with the employees working at home, such as call centres, for example. And, and what do you think about the issue of the law on this? Should, is, is there a place for the law? Because Bob was saying mutuals, that means not the law, that means yeah. mutual consent. What's your view on this, Nikki, and, and how does the law currently stand with flexible working regulations? Well, I mean, you've got flexible working options. There is the hybrid now that's come into place because of COVID. I think making it legislative and them having the right to refuse to work is going to cause business owners a huge problem it's very difficult to performance manage big teams from home you lose mm -hmm. you lose the creativity you lose the spirit of mm -hmm. teams and i think it should be mutual i do agree that the companies that could let people from work from home or be more flexible and i think it's about the approach but i personally don't think business owners should have this forced down their throat because to be perfectly honest there'll be points where people will say, what is the point? Who's yeah. running the business? Yes. And I do think that's going to be difficult. I don't think this should come in yet. Okay, Martin, and yeah, then we'll move I, on to something else. I think one of the, another key point is, I think is, um, <clears throat> it's uh, people are different, aren't they? So some people, some people are more productive working from home uh, in the office environment, and some people prefer to be in the office. So it differs, you know, it's not a sort of one. And where would you see the, like to see the government's advice on this? Would you like it uh, mandated stay at home like it is now or recommended stay at home? Would you like it to be government uh, employer and, and, and employee to mutually decide or would you like to see a legal right for the employee to say they work from home? I definitely think a, a, a mutual uh, arrangement as, as, we, as has been mentioned um, would be, would be better, better, uh, better all around and certainly for, for employers. Okay, well let's move on uh, to something a little bit different and this is for you Martin really because uh, you've got uh, the Tease Business Woman of the Year uh, competition coming up, it's not a competition, it's an award really and uh, I want to find out a little bit more how people can take part in that. Uh, there's a little slide on there about uh, the sponsors and so on and how it, how it went last year. Tell us about the, the competition, how it works. Yeah, well, if I can actually just uh, wind back a little bit. So we've, we, our latest issue of Tease Business includes our latest our annual... Give it um, another plug. Give yeah. it another plug, Ben. There you are. <laughs> it includes our uh, annual um, um, poll, poll of the Tease uh, region's most inspiring business people. Um, and when we first launched that, uh, that poll five years ago, only three uh, women finished in the top 30. Mm -hmm. So it provoked a, a bit of a, a, a bit of a debate. Um, why is that? And, and is there a way that we could sort of try to try to sort of tip the balance a little bit? So, we, so that that sort of provoked the idea for the Tease Business Women Awards, which we launched uh, four years ago. Um, as a result of that, I'm delighted to say, um, in our latest poll this year, we have um, I think it's 11 women in the top 20. Um, can, we, can we just pause because we couldn't possibly let her take the credit for it but there she is sat there one of the top 20 teens business women congratulations Nikki uh, Nikki finished uh, 18th in the top 20 which is no mean feat uh, but then we also had uh, we had five in the top 10 uh, and we had our first female winner the, the brilliant Professor Jane Turner from Teesside University so that's as a result of the Tees Business Women Awards which has helped to redress the balance but um, off the back of not just the Business Women Awards but other other forums out there such as the Assist Network and, and, um, and other such like. Um, so this year we, we've launched the, the 2021 Tease Business Women Awards. Obviously, as you know, we had to go virtual and held it in the studio um, in, uh, in January for last year's event. 
But this year, it's been held in, on the uh, 27th of September, Hardwick Hall. Mm-hmm. Entries are now open, 10 different categories, five categories for company um, awards, five individual categories. Um, and it's open to um, businesses and individuals across the whole of the Tees Valley, Tees Valley region. The deadline though is coming up, it's 23rd of July for, to enter. You can enter yourself, you can enter with other people, you can enter other businesses, you can enter online at teesbusiness.co.uk. So that's a great plug. It's a month from today, as we record this on the 23rd of June, nominate the business person, the woman business person that you think should be nominated for the Tees Business Woman of the Year Awards. Um, I, I just want a tiny provocative question, not meant to upset anyone, but it is interesting that when you talked about the gestation of the awards, there were hardly any women in the most inspiring business person. But now five out of the ten are women in the top ten. So do you need the designated woman awards? I'm sure you do, but it is interesting to see that yeah. progress has been made. Absolutely. I think when we first set out, we uh, Jane Turner has been a, a, a big supporter of the business women awards and a big driver behind it. And I think originally we said... Hopefully one day we won't need these awards and we can just have our, the normal Tees Business Awards and you know everyone can, can enter. But we just tapped into that Businessman Awards purely off the back of the, the, mm. the poll that we ran. Um, and we, we spoke to, to businesses and, and to people like Jane Turner and it was felt that some women were a little bit reluctant to go into the, 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 some of the other um, Business Awards events because they thought maybe they didn't have a chance or the less um, less they put themselves out there less than some of the yes. male counterparts. I mean, I, that, I, it's not for me to say because it sounds like it's mansplaining, but it, it it feels to me sometimes true that some women in the commercial environment don't push themselves as much as big-headed blokes like me. Nikki, <laughs> what is your take on this? You're a participant in the in the, in the agenda that uh, Martin's talking about. Yeah, I think the award should be there. I mean, have a male award, you know, rather than take it away, do a different one mm. and counterbalance it. To be perfectly honest, I think these awards are great. It's great um, awareness. It's inspiring for young ladies coming through. You know, it's about the children seeing that these things are exciting and this is what can happen to you. Um, so I think they're great. But if there is a problem, then let's just do a male award as well. I don't think there's. I think I just said it to be provocative. I don't think there's a problem at all. Just get that on the record. No uh, Bob, you were nodding away because I think we both know uh, Professor Jane Turner of Teesside University, yeah. and a, a more deserving recipient I can't think of. I, I'm sure you've met him a number of times. I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 just going back to the the uh, issue with uh, a male and a female. I mean, ultimately, yeah, quite rightly, it should be there on merit whether you're female or male. You know, ultimately, hopefully, we'll see a, a business person award, and that includes males and females yeah. uh, in one category. But I know be... uh, Jane Turner, and she's developed, uh, she's shown great personal fortitude yeah, over absolutely. the last few years, uh, dealing with a serious illness and making sure she's mm. been uh, setting the agenda. Uh, she was one of the people with with uh, uh, a group of others, including myself, who were on the board of the the De- development corporation that started the Tees Works that we were talking about earlier. Well, look, Nikki. Uh, Martin and, and Bob, thank you very much indeed for joining us on this episode of Business Unmuted. Thanks to our sponsors, Virtue BMW. Join us again next week.